This week's In the Know podcast is brought to you by G&G Operators. Does getting ready and preparing for a product stress you out or make you second guess your plans? Stop waiting and pull the trigger. G&G Operators make preparing your site easier than ever before. They have years of experience working with conditions in the area, specialized tools and equipment that allow all aspects of your project from design to execution go without a hitch. Call today to start your projects. 806-244-4297. G&G Operators is excited to keep you in the know about Delhart ISD news and updates. That's 806-244-4297. In the know. To be knowledgeable or having access to information about something, being privy to special or new information, or this program on KXIT. It's time now for In the Know, brought to you by your Dalhart Connection, bringing our community together with new and important information with your host, Dyke Rogers, and this week's guest. Welcome to this week's edition of In the Know. I'm your host, Dyke Rogers, and our guest today is Jeff Bird, Superintendent of Schools for Dalhart. Uh, as a reminder, this program is brought to you by G&G Enterprises. Dean, we're very thankful that you take the interest that you do, both in the school system and the community, and uh, this is brought to you courtesy of G&G Enterprises. Jeff, welcome today. Thank you very much for having us, sir. Jeff, you've got a lot on your plate uh, right now. There's discussion of a school bond election. We'd like to get a lot of information about that. Uh, first off, kind of how did we get to the point we are where we're even discussing a school bond? Well, ballpark of about 18 months ago, the, the board and the community developed a facility improvement committee meeting uh, group. And that group was able to hold several facility meetings attendees represented a cross-section of our community including our local citizens our business leaders parents and school staff members during those meetings the facility uh, improvement committee had an opportunity to explore district-wide they were able to look and access the facilities of the district review the financial information of the district and where the district sat financially the group was able to tour the different facilities that we have uh, that we have that are operational, and they were analyze they were able to analyze various scenarios of renovations and additions, specifically here recently regarding safety and security and the upgrade of the related cost of all of those. Okay, so how does this uh, committee get established? I know it was before you came, but what yes, what people get on there? How did they get on that committee? Well, I, number one, those meetings were open, and anybody had an opportunity to attend those meetings. Um, I, I can speak to what I believe occurred here in, in Dalhart and tell you that we just did something very similar when I was a superintendent in Vernon. And the, the school board members, the administrators, they created a group of people that that would cover you know we're we're a pretty diverse community and we wanted to have a voice from every angle of our community and we encouraged those people to bring people with them to the facility improvement committee meeting that when you create a facility improvement committee it's not to pass a bond as much as it is to exist the current situation and shape of the district to, to look at what your facilities have, what, what needs to be repaired, uh, would it be more cost efficient to renovate, would it be more cost efficient to tear down and start over and build something new, and obviously we don't have the resources and funds to do that, so <clears throat> once they, the Facility Improvement Committee has come to a conclusion of this is what our district needs, 
they make a recommendation to the board and we've hired uh, Gallagher Construction to oversee that project and we've also hired Live Oak Financial to help us with the financial analysis of what that would cost so no decisions have been made at this point the board and our, our excuse me the committee made the recommendation to the board for a 50 million dollar bond in january at our january board meeting last night we had a special board meeting and after 30 to 45 minutes of conversation the board voted seven to zero to approve calling for an election in may Okay, so the citizens are going to decide whether they're going to approve this or not. Absolutely. Uh, From a transparency standpoint, I'm more than willing to attend Rotary Club, to go to church groups, uh, any organizations in town that would like to have a town hall meeting or a QA and a to ask questions. And at at this point, now that the bond's been called, I, I can't sway one way or the other as the superintendent. Basically, all I can do is state facts. So, in other words, you don't go to these meetings to be a cheerleader for passing the bond. You just put out the information, let the citizens decide what we're going to do. Absolutely. At 645 last night, I lost the right to campaign one way or other for the bond. Yes, sir. Okay. So, you know, when you do something like this, is there some reason that the school board can't go out and get some donations and and try to promote this if it's what they really believe needs to happen well yes sir so uh, some of the questions that and that's great um the questions that the board tends to, to be asked about that are school board members and administration are not legally allowed to raise funds a bond referendum is a primary method used across the entire country for districts to build and renovate schools so by law, they can't go out and raise funds for a bond. Uh, one of the things I heard when I first moved to town is we need to pass a bond so that we can pay our teachers more money, not build new school buildings. And while I agree we need to pay our teachers more money, it's illegal to spend bond money on salaries. The only thing that you can spend an approved bond for is to build and renovate facilities. Okay, and how long would a bond be? How long would the payment terms be on a bond if you had one? Well, there are several options on the table. I believe right now that the the current bond that we would be looking at would be a 30-year note, but we certainly would try to hustle and pay that off early if we could. Okay, and and bond dollars are different than operation dollars. These dollars don't go into operations at all. They're just for capital improvements. That is correct. And on a $50 million bond call, for Dalhart Independent School District or for our, our school zone and our taxpayers, that bond would be ballpark, and this is very rough at this point, but it's going to be about 20.2 cents per $100 in value. We currently have 7.8 cents, I believe, on the INS debt still existing from the high school. So if you take the 20.2 and the 7.8, the total INS debt would be $0.28 cents per $100 in value now Okay, if the bond passed. Okay, and what would you use the money for? Has that been determined? Absolutely. So there, there's multiple areas. First and foremost is the current uh, Dalhart Intermediate School, which houses uh, grades 3 through 5, Okay, that's what we used to call the high school that's once upon a time, the old building yes, on Oak Street, the two-story building. Yes, sir. It's, okay. You know, and, and I say this jokingly, but if the Germans attack, that's a great building to go because the structurally it's sound. But as far as operational cost, heating, cooling, plumbing, 
there's only so much electricity that we can provide. We've about maxed out there. Uh, we also have trouble with technology in that building. Uh, we've got an extremely large group coming. And at some point, we're going to, we could possibly, there's the possibility that we could outgrow the building. So the first thing that's on the agenda item with the bond would be a new three through five campus for our intermediate campus. Um, I don't know if when the last time you've seen our baseball or softball fields, but our baseball and softball fields are outdated. I certainly, um, I coached in this area for a really long time, both in Dumas and Caprock, and I was previously the superintendent in Claude. Very few baseball fields in this area don't have lights. Very few softball fields in this area don't have lights. We have neither. So the, the chain length is probably the original chain length on both of those fields. So there, there is a portion of the $50 million that would go to renovating both the baseball and softball facilities and certainly putting lots up on both of those. When I do an assessment of a district when I first get there, and, and I'm seven months into the job and haven't finished my assessments, as you can imagine, but one of the assessments we do is, is we look at the facilities, we look at the roofs, we look at the HVAC units, we look at our transportation with our fleet of suburbans and school cars and also our, our buses. And we try to generate a five-year plan where we can, as Johnny Cash built his Cadillac, we can we can build it one piece at a time as opposed to trying to do everything at one time. The newest facility in our district is the high school, which is coming up pretty close to being 15 years in age. The life expectancy of most of these great big HVAC units that we have in our facility is if you get 15 years out of those, you're doing really well. Almost every HVAC unit in our district is 15 years old, and it would be an astronomical cost that we don't have in reserve and fund balance, and I'm not going to say tomorrow we're going to show up and the HVAC units aren't going to work. I'm telling you, they're they're at that point in life where we're going to have to start duct-taping them and band-aiding them to keep them operational. So we're looking at, at poss the possibility of replacing as many HVAC units as we possibly can in that as well. Um, we're also uh, going to look at some upgrades at both the elementary and the junior high. Our goal is for every student, pre-K through 12th, to be effective in some positive manner by the bond if it passes. Okay, and do you have a place you're going to build this school yet? Yes, sir. Um, I, I don't have a map with me, but it's going to be somewhere in the vicinity. It'll be between the junior high campus and the high school campus currently. Okay, so all out in one spot, to, yes, except sir. for the elementary school, yes, which sir. is on the same road. Yes, sir. Obviously, um, it would be ideal to build an intermediate school and an elementary at the same time, but uh, it, we, we will have a challenge ahead of us of passing a $50 million bond if we built two schools at one time. That would be almost double the cost. So the intermediate school would be built and designed where 10, 15, 20 years from now we could possibly come in and tie into that facility and have every kid pre-K through 5 in the same facility, possibly. It's an option at some point. Did you know G&G &G is a family-owned and operated business? Dean and Gay are very excited to say that all of their children and their spouses play a role in the day-to-day -day work at G&G &G Operators. Their son, Chase Graham, is a current operations manager in Dalhart, along with his wife, Rebecca Graham, 
She does any of the daily tasks that may arise. Chase Graham is also beginning to take over many of the daily responsibilities of the business. The oldest daughter, Chansey Graham Carrot, and her husband, Josh Carrot, own a trucking company that helps with the daily deliveries of a variety of products, along with assisting with the shop. The youngest daughter, Chanessa Graham Slama, along with her husband, Judd Slama, handle the day-to-day activities of handling feed for a large supplier here in Dalhart. GNG prides itself on being family-oriented and family-run, with all of the siblings, along with close family friend Curtis Thomas, holding a partnership in the business. Do you have a plan for the old building yet? Yes, sir. In the facility improvement committee, they were very adamant. And again, sir, I, I, I was hired at the end of June and started July the 1st, so I haven't been here a great length of time. Uh, but in the two facility improvement committee meetings that I attended, they were adamant that part of the bond should include the the demol- demolition of the current intermediate school. Uh, they felt like that from visiting with community members and taxpayers and city officials that we don't need to have another vacant building just sitting there. So in the bond, in the scope and sequence that we've got with Gallagher Construction, it would include the the demolition of the intermediate school. Okay, and this bond election would be in May. That's correct, yes, sir. Okay, why May? Well, there's two cycles for school elections, just like, you know, you vote for the president in in November, and, and most school boards have their school board elections in May. So the, the, in the United States, the, the two times for elections such as this are in November and May, and the next election in the next cycle will be in May. Um, you said a few minutes ago that the total cost on this bond would be uh, 20.3 cents per hundred? I, b- I believe it would be, and again, I, I don't have my numbers in front of me, but I, I can tell you the INS debt that we already have, that's interest in sinking. M&O is what we use for operations, which are generated through property taxes in, in state and some federal aid. INS debt are, is voter approved and it's interest in sinking. So the high school is currently our only INS debt. And I believe I believe that it's seven it's either seven point eight or seven point two cents and the bond projections would be twenty point two to twenty point eight. So if you add those two together it would be for a total of twenty eight cents. Okay. Do you know how long the uh the current INS is well, scheduled to go uh, my understanding if that bond was on a 30-year note and we've been in that building for 15 years it would be for an additional 15 years okay and i know this is probably not the thing that's most on people's mind but do you have any idea how this rate of interest and in sinking would uh square up with what other districts around the panhandle are doing well, or around the area we are in the process of one of the things we did when we went out for a bond in vernon and i would certainly do it here is you know there there, there are several factors number one some senior citizens don't realize that they're eligible for their taxes to be frozen but it's they're required to go to the appraisal district and, and fill out the documentation for that so a lot of oppositions from senior citizens that no longer work well if their taxes are frozen it's not going to affect them in any way so my father's generation they could care less about how much that's going to cost them monthly they want the big picture what's it going to cost my 24 year old son could care less how much the total bond is called for what's it going to cost him per month can he afford that payment 
So when we present this information, we've got to be respectful of both age groups and present the, the information in the manner in which they're interested in learning it. So another thing that we'll do is we will look at the, the school districts within reason that are in a specific radius of us. What's their compressed tax rate? What's their M&O taxes? And do they have interest in sinking debt? We will compare ourselves to others. You know, I haven't got it as much in Dalhart because we do have some nice secondary facilities for sure. But when I was in Vernon, everybody in town wanted to know how come we couldn't have nice gymnasium or tracks or uh, one-act play theaters, et cetera, like other districts locally. Well, when we had zero INS debt and they had $0.42 cents per $100 in value INS debt, that's why they had nicer things than we did. So we will take a radius of Dalhart and we will show whatever what those other school districts in Texas, because you're comparing an apple to an orange in Oklahoma or New Mexico, what their INS debt is, what their MO debt is, and what it is combined. And every team that we compete in, uh, in all extracurricular activities that are our size, will show a comparison to those districts as well so that they can see what other districts comparable to us are paying as well. Well, that's that's interesting. I tell you, uh, when bond issues come along, it's always a something either the community will get behind in a big way or they'll say no. And that's one of the beauties of this is it leaves it up to the voters and they can decide what they're willing to pay for. What I do know is that everything good costs money. Absolutely. So we're going to have to figure out how much we're willing to pay to have what we really want for our kids. And so I, I appreciate the fact that you are out and letting us know that it's on the agenda and then we can make up our own mind on how we feel about that and hopefully between now and the bond election while you're not allowed to come sell it uh, or oppose it uh, you can certainly come and give us facts on things that are going on so we hope to have you back uh, so that we can get a real feel on what it costs the average taxpayer i mean it's it's good to say 20 cents but but that doesn't per- particularly uh, tell somebody how much it's going to cost them. We, we will present this information, and, and I'm certainly not trying to act, sound, act or sound smarter than I am. I'll have professionals assist me with this. But um, we, we will show this information uh, as an example of what the INS tech, how, how it would affect somebody with a $150,000 home. How it would affect somebody with a two hundred to a four hundred thousand dollar home? We'll be able to break that down by property value, and I certainly um, will, will ask and find the answer to any question anyone has. A lot of people, will, people with ag value, they're going to be very concerned about this because they're going to pay the majority of that. Ag value is completely different from property values. So my point being is, is, is we will be as transparent as we can. Uh, sir, I'm I'm a simple country guy. Uh, I'm not going to have the answer to every question that's that's asked of me, but I can assure you, if you ask me the question and I can't answer it, I'll find that answer out and get it back to you. Ask or fail. What's best for our kids is for us to be as transparent as we possibly can, where the voters have the information that they need to make the decision that they feel is best for their community. You know, I, I, when I I didn't finish, by the way, I decided I'd rather pay for Austin and Reese's College than my doctoral degree. But I went to Lamar University and started my doctorate, and uh, it was for superintendency in, in public education. And Dr. Thompson's favorite saying is, don't get frustrated with community members. It's their school, it's their kids, and it's their money. And I've never forgot that. 
Well, it is, and that's, uh, you know, when you really are passionate about something, it's hard not to be a good salesman for it. But I think if everybody has the facts, they'll make the decision that's best for the community, for themselves, and for the kids. One thing, just to remind people that you said that I don't want it to go unnoticed, is people who are over 65 can file something with the uh, taxing authority, and this will have no effect whatsoever on their taxes. That's correct. Okay. They're, for their, they're eligible for their taxes to be frozen. That sounds great. Okay. Well, Jeff, it's been good having you here today. We're looking forward to further conversations about this. This has been In the Know, part of the Dalhart Connection. Uh, hopefully you tune into that. But if you don't or you want somebody else to hear what it is that you've just heard, past episodes and this episode will be on our website at kxit.com. Uh, this has been another edition of In the Note. Good afternoon, and thank you for calling G&G Transmix. This is Curtis. How can I help you? I was hoping to get some concrete supplies for a project I was wanting to start, but I wasn't sure if you could help. It's just a home project. Nothing like the giant projects I know you do for commercial buildings. Of course we can help. We love bringing big, small, and in-between dreams come to life. If you need five yards or 500, we would love to supply you with anything you need. We also have rebar, rebar chairs, wire mesh, and anything else you need for your concrete project. Perfect. I am so glad I called you today. Tell me about your dream, and I'll help you put together everything you need to make it happen. At G&G Transmix, they can help bring dreams of all sizes to life. Call them today at 244-4298, and they can get you any concrete or supplies you need. G&G Transmix is excited to keep you in the know about all Dalhart ISD news and updates.